School's out for summer, and Redbox has the video games to keep you entertained. With over 40,000 locations nationwide, you can rent and return anywhere. Better yet, you get a free one-night game rental from Redbox when you use the promo code STORIES2. Swing by a box in your neighborhood, or if you want to make sure the game you want is there when you arrive, reserve it online at redbox.com games. Offer is valid through July 18th, 2017. Subject to additional terms. Charges apply for additional nights. Payment card required. Getting into video games, it has never been so easy. Stories too, you get your free one-night game rental. I'm excited to announce the launch of Stitcher Premium. It's the new subscription service that brings you all your favorite free and premium podcasts together under one roof. Stitcher Premium, you get access to the same exciting content as Howl. You get more than 250 hours of exclusive original shows, ad-free archives, bonus episodes, your favorite podcast, plus nine extra episodes of Beautiful Anonymous. Don't forget, the Beautiful Anonymous live tour lives on Stitcher Premium. Now, if you're a Howl subscriber, great news. With Stitcher Premium, you don't have to switch apps to listen to premium content. Listen to the exclusive Howl shows you love in Stitcher alongside your favorite free podcasts. Your Howl account info like favorites, playlists, listening history, it can be easily transferred over to Stitcher. To learn more about Stitcher Premium, including the live tour episodes, go to stitcherpremium.com slash stories. Hello to all my lock changers. It's beautiful anonymous. It's one hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one I think it'll be more fun And I'll get to know you And you'll get to know me Hello everybody, it's Chris Gethard here Very happy to bring you another episode of Beautiful Anonymous Very lucky to be at the helm of this show And very lucky that you guys all listen Thank you, as always, for checking it out Wanted to uh, thank everybody Who's checking out uh, Stitcher Premium, checking out the Beautiful Anonymous live tour. We're putting nine episodes of our live tour up there. If you want any explanation of, of, of why I'm, I'm doing it that way, like how, how everything breaks down in the Facebook group, I actually got a good discussion going about uh, why we're putting a live tour on Stitcher Premium. It's what I think a lot of the shows at Earwolf do, and it made a lot of sense to me for this one, and, and a lot of people up there talking about their experiences with Stitcher Premium, so uh, you can check that out. Speaking of that Facebook group last week's episode... Country AF for an episode that was largely chit chat, about forty five minutes of chit chat. That last fifteen minutes, really, there was a lot of. I so going in the Facebook group this week. Guns is an issue that uh, I didn't even know how divisive it was, and I thought it was pretty divisive, but it is exponentially more divisive. Every time I went into the Facebook group, the beautiful anonymous of the community, this week it was like I was, it was like touching a stove. Every time I locked in, I was like, ah, is it going to still hot in there? Oh, it's hotter than ever. I was personally fighting with people about guns, people fighting with me, with each other. Uh, God bless the ma- the moderators or whoever your deity or non-deity of choice is, I should say. Bless the, the moderators in that group. They had to deal with a lot of passion. And I, I also want to personally apologize to them. I think they were all a little nervous to say to me, hey, maybe you could personally cool out and get involved in some of these fights, but it was, I, 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 they weren't fights so much as they were kind of uh, discussions of culture and, and, and some tense moments in there, but I think everybody in a really beautiful way, also respectful and uh, putting out their first time in the history of the group, good old Sam Hodge. I think all the moderators would say he's the captain of the ship, myself included. He had to lock the comments thread on the episode discussion, getting too heated. That's never happened, where he had to step in and say, hey, the episode discussion thread, I got to shut off comments for a while so everybody can take a deep breath. But it was really productive 
and uh, fun and, and, and eye-opening to read everybody's views on, on all of that stuff. And uh, most of all, I'm very lucky. I feel so lucky that that community is one where people can get a little hot, put what they have to say on record, and then also this constant chorus of, of no, let's, we, this is all just so we can talk to each other and nobody's looking to be mad or be a troll or anything. So if you want to, if you're looking to join the Facebook group, I tell you, reading last week's posts, uh, juicy. You're going to have a juicy time sinking your teeth into all those hot week in the Facebook group. Okay. This week's episode, uh, very important for me right out of the gate. I haven't always been the most responsible about putting out trigger warnings. I want to right out of the gate say, if you're going to listen to this episode, uh, I think it's a very interesting episode, fascinating episode. There are some triggers out there specifically related to, to, to trauma um, to, uh, of a sexual nature. I'll put it out there. I know that affects people a lot. Um, so letting you know right out of the gate that that is something that comes up. Don't want to spoil things too much, but got to be responsible and say that uh, you know, that affects everybody. And if it affects you heavily, know that things like that are, are going to come out of there. And as you listen to the beginning of the episode, I think you'll be surprised. You'll go, wait, what? Because a lot of free and easy laughs flowing between me and the caller. You're probably surprised to hear that it goes in a certain uh, direction. And and then also, even when it does come up, there's still some laughs in a way where I'm like, well, isn't that why we try to connect with other human beings to try to find our way through some of this stuff to connect on some level. So, so an episode that... uh threw me for many loops. I bet it'll throw you for some loops, some things I didn't see coming. And uh, overall, thank you to the caller for calling, and I hope you enjoy listening. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. Holy shit, this is awesome. I think so, too. <laughs> I think, oh, I think so yeah. too. <laughs> How you doing? I'm great. I'm resting today. I just got back from New York yesterday. The weather was amazing, which was unexpected. Yeah, it was a really nice warm day in New York yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I actually got to walk through Central Park all day Monday. And I, I go up to New York quite a bit, but I never really just been able to enjoy and not be on business. I was walking, was, really around, cool. was walking around Central Park yesterday with my wife, who's also quite a good friend of mine. Hey, wait, let me take off my phone case so it doesn't sound like I'm in a bathtub. Yeah, I think, I think everybody would appreciate that. We're hearing right now the genuine so. sounds of a phone case being removed. Oh, hi, hello, hi. <laughs> hi, I'm back. Oh, yeah, you do sound less underwater so, now. Well done. Hey, yeah, I've gotten a lot of comments about that. So I didn't think about it. I didn't think I was going to get through. I know everybody says that, but this is so cool. I want to make the most of every moment. So no more small talk. Okay, wow. Um, Throw down. Throw down the gauntlet. <laughs> so you want to know about my life. And I I love your comments. I love... I know you always say you don't want to be a therapist or try and act as somebody's therapist, but I love how vulnerable you get along with your callers. Well, that's so nice. I like to give them the give and take. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm an emotional train wreck of a man, and I'm willing to put that out there. But I can't fix anybody, nor would I ever presume to or try to. <laughs> I'm happy to get. I'm happy to get emo. Yeah. Oh, I love getting emo. 
right. And you, you have a knack for pulling out the good stuff oh, out of people. Thanks. Every once in a while, I'll get there to get you, you know? Get there to sink my, sink my hooks in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to debate uh, how much detail of my life to give because it's very specific. So anybody who kind of knows me would immediately recognize certain aspects of my life, but I've got good stories. I've got some crazy stuff. Well, it's interesting all up to stuff. You. It's all up to you. I can't, I'm not going to twist your arm. Um, let's see. I, I'm a musician. That is my career of choice. I'm young. I'm 30 for my, my avenue of music. Um, opera, classical Wow, opera. But, yeah. That's super yeah. competitive. That's a super it's competitive awesome. world. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like any other part of the entertainment industry. You know, they always say the only top 1% make it. So, yeah, find I, a side job kind of thing. <laughs> I, feel like they're, I, I feel like being a comedian's competitive, and there's like 13 comedy clubs in New York City alone, plus all these shows. There's like 11 jobs in opera in the country. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, and here in the States, it's not like it is in Europe where you can throw a rock and hit an opera house. Oh, but yeah, yeah here oh, yeah. You, you go get your bachelor's degree in vocal performance and then go get a master's degree or a performance diploma. I mean, we, in undergrad, all of us singers would take 20 hours every semester, and that's classes with music theory, music history, and voice lessons, and opera, and coachings, and acting. I mean, just everything. It's incredibly demanding and intensive, so you've got to love it. Yeah. It's, the, it's just hours and hours and hours, and proficient in all the romantic languages, and, and what, anything. I just... What register are we talking here? What register are you in? Soprano. Ooh, the big time. Yeah, I'm a soprano. They call that the big time. <laughs> We're a dime a dozen. No, to some. Right? You, you're the one. You're the one shattering the windows at the end. You're the one who's breaking glass. You ever done that? Yeah, yeah. There's a. I haven't. I guess it's kind of like a weird frequency. You gotta finesse. It kind of just doesn't happen. I've known people who've done that, but I've That's never tried. Cool. Can you do that thing where you sing two notes at yeah. once? What's that thing called where you sing the two notes at oh, once? Uh, polyphonics or multiphonics. Yeah, multiphonics. No, I can't. I've watched some of those it's YouTube so videos. Cool. Yeah, I love... They freak me out. Heck yeah. Yeah. Going down those YouTube bunny trails. Uh-huh. Bunny trails, rabbit holes, <laughs> <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Well, one crazy story. I have one pretty unique story. Okay. Or there's a bunch of them, but when I was 20, I married a guy the day I met him. What? And he, he was also a singer. Why'd you do that? Yep. Well, I mean, I've always been impulsive and adventurous, but to a fault. And at 20, I was 
just really naive and I had no life experience. I just left my parents' house to move somewhere else and baby opera singer just breaking into what I wanted to do. And I was researching because I like to research and know things. And I found his website and just contacted him because he was beautiful and he'd sung all over the world. And I thought, I want to know how he did it. I want to know all of his story. So I contacted him and he contacted me back and he (laughs) found my MySpace, I think. I think that's what it was. And said, you're beautiful. Let me call you. And so email dialogue turned into phone dialogue. And after just two weeks of that, it was, I'm in love with you. Let's get married. So over the phone, I mean, I was all on board. I was, yeah, all over the phone. The proposal happened over the phone. You'd never met in person. You'd never met in person and you were engaged. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was because we would talk for hours and hours and he was much older. He was about 15 years older than me. So I was 20, he was 35. Uh-huh. And I felt like he got me, like he knew me. Nobody had ever gotten me like he did. And <laughs> it just, I was suckered into it so hard. Because at that point, I, I never denied myself anything that I wanted. Emotionally, what I just, if I wanted something, I went after it. I didn't think about logic. Logic did not enter my brain as an option until late twenties. So <laughs> when I'm presented with this fantasy of running away with this other opera singer, falling in love and just immediately believing it was all real, I never once questioned it. I just dove in. Wow. So So he was two he, weeks what, later. He's a good looking guy, huh? Yeah, he was a good-looking guy. All right. Real romance. We're talking definitely real, real modern romance here. So two weeks later, he flies you. you charming said he flies as hell. You. Charming as hell. Okay. Yeah, he flew me, flew me up to meet him, picked me up at the airport. We went to the courthouse, got a marriage license. Six hours later, we got married. What? <sighs> yep. That's, and that spent sounds... the whole weekend... If this was set to song, it would just be an opera. <laughs> exactly. That's I've heard that so many times that this oh. is an opera right there. I thought I was making an original joke. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Duly noted. So how's you're, the family react? On. How's the family react when you marry a guy you've known oh. for one quarter of one day? Oh God. That that was an ordeal. I I'm close with my family. Um I have three siblings and they're all younger. So they were all teenagers, barely teenagers when this happened. And I didn't tell my family for a whole month. I had mentioned to them. I mean, I went back to where I was living. We got to spend like four days together, me and the new husband. And then I went back to where I was living because I was, in the middle of undergrad and I told my family, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) 
I told my family, hey, I met somebody. I want you to meet him. They're like, wow, that was fast. You know, in my head, I'm thinking, you have no idea. So I say, I'm going to bring him home because my birthday was in a month. I was turning 21. Uh-huh. And I So your husband could take you out to drink legally. To <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's totally what we did, too. Your I brought husband. him there, oh. and it was on my birthday. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he took you out for 21 shots and... at the college bar. <laughs> well, he did take me out. I got drunk and then came back home and told them. But they were freaking out as it was because he was 35. I mean, he was... I think nine years younger than my mom and <laughs> brought him home. And we, it was like midnight and we were sitting on the couch in the living room. And I was like, so we have a surprise. And my mom looked at me like dead look on her face. And she said, are y'all engaged? And I said, Nope, we're already married. <laughs> And then what's and your then so what's your mom awful. face? Yeah, how's that go? She oh, it was just they were stunned. My dad was like, I'm not surprised because I always would do I was just impulsive and it was not something that was without I mean it was within my reach of things that I'd probably do. My siblings were just kind of like I don't know what the hell's going on. They were so young and they didn't look at him like a brother-in-law ever. I mean, he was old enough to be their dad, pretty much. But it it was, uh, I was just kind of blind. I was all enamored with the fantasy of it, and it was glamorous, and I was in love. So I didn't consider what they felt at all at the time. And I ended up flunking out of that semester because I just, he would come see me on the weekends, fly to see me, or I would go see him. And I moved to where he was at Christmas, dropped out of school. Whoa. And traveled. Yeah. I traveled with him on his gigs because he was working. And I got to see a side of the business I had never fathomed just by being an observer because I was so new to the whole opera world. I learned so much and I ended up uh, going to school, like going back to school a year later in the town we were living in, city we were living in, and started getting my own work. And it was really lucky because it's just, Usually, I mean, now, 10 years later, I understand very much that rejection is a huge part of this career. You just roll with it. It happens nine times out of 10, and then one person will think you're exactly what they need and hire you, and it snowballs. But starting out, I didn't get any rejection. I just kept, I was just really lucky. And I don't want to dive too much into that marriage because it was it ended up being really terrible, really, really awful. There were a lot of skeletons in his closet that oh, you don't came say. to light. And... You don't say that a 35-year-old man who marries a 20-year-old girl after knowing her for six hours has some dark secrets. Oh, really? Wow. I'm, I got to say, I'm, give me a second to gather myself because I'm blindsided right now by that uh, revelation that that guy had some issues. Oh, God. 
How long were you married? <laughs> three years. Three years. Yes. Yeah. So you gave yeah. it. You really yeah. did give it the. You gave it a good shot. Yeah. I mean, I. The reality hit about six months after we got married, and I thought, "Well, fuck! I've just got." Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> oh, that's okay. But <laughs> so I've just I've got to just make the most of it. So I thought I got myself into this. I'm gonna gotta figure it out and make it work. And I thought he's my husband, so I devoted so much to him and. I was still figuring myself out. I didn't really know who I was, what I wanted, because I had had a difficult time up until then emotionally, like just growing as a teenager, as a child. I I had a lot of issues I needed to work out as well. But he ended up being batshit crazy. And I like I don't want to go too much into him. Cause Can I have one example? Can I just have People one? do know. Yeah, I'm not trying to, I don't want you to out anybody. I'm not trying to look, I, I understand you come from a very small world where a lot of people probably know each other. Yes. I'm not trying to out yes. anybody, but I would be remiss if I said, just you brought up twice, you've used the phrase batshit crazy skeletons in the closet. If there's even one example, I'd love that. Oh, oh God. Um... There's one doozy, but I, I'm not going to share that. It would be way too revealing. A um, doozy. Oh, I'm missing out on I, a doozy. I love a doozy. Yeah, you you got to miss out on the doozy. That's the, okay. Well, anytime, okay, side note, side note, anytime I've had success and like an interview comes out, or it's radio or whatever, article about me, about some success, he has a Google alert on me and he like will bombard me with emails to this day, like afterwards saying shit, like how dare you mention me in that article when all I said was I was married once and it was a trying time. And I, it lends itself to me on my character interpretation on stage. Uh-huh. So he'll go crazy. Anytime I mention the marriage, not even him, but just, the fact that I was married and it was difficult, he will so you're not even naming bombard names. me with emails. No, not even names. Yeah, so you it's should all very vague and ambiguous. While the the greedy so I'm... the greedy entertainer side of me wants you to share stuff, <laughs> hearing that that you're basically being stalked by a man who married you when you were largely still a child. <laughs> I can see why maybe we want to take our foot <laughs> off the gas on that. <laughs> yeah. So when I when I did leave him, when I finally got the courage to leave him, I had to do it secretively. I told him, well, I had to fly somewhere for work. And it was one of the first times I was away from him because he always, we were always together. And he always had to be there. He was also my vocal coach and voice teacher. Oh, boy. Or he acted that way. Oh boy! Yeah, I mean he was a brilliant musician, so I, mean, I learned a lot. But he that was, sounds good. But like it sounds like emotion. That sound. It does sound a little bit like it became like like a weird control situation, huh? Oh, majorly, majorly. So I went to. I flew somewhere by myself for work, and then it was right at Thanksgiving, and I said, "I really want to see my family." Because he hated my family, and it had gotten to a point where he didn't support me 
even visiting them or seeing them. And I said, I really want to go see my family for Thanksgiving. It's been like a year, a year and a half since I've seen them, which is crazy because I grew up very close to them. And so I went home and I ended up confiding everything to my mom. And I've kept so many things secret about him and what had been going on in the marriage and how things were. And I said, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to live if I stay in this marriage. And she said, all right, well, let's, let's just get you out of this. So we got in the car with my dad. We drove like 10 hours to where I was living. It was about 10 hour drive from my hometown and surprised him. And I, cause he was going to, he had expected to pick me up at the airport a few days later. And I knocked on the door, he answered and I said, I'm leaving you. I'm here to get my stuff and go. And it took every ounce of courage I possessed to say those words. But my parents were standing there behind me and he just kind of stunned, was stunned, of course. And he looked at me and he was like, what? I had to repeat it again. And he said, give me a moment. I need to process this. And I was like, okay, sure. So he shut the door and in a matter of less than 60 seconds, he had changed all of the locks on the apartment. In and, 60 like, seconds? That's the kind of person he was. No, that's physically, yeah. that's I mean, physically I, impossible. You need to get out tools. No, this is the kind of person he was. Getting out tools was. and stuff. He had, yes, he was a con man. And that's already giving away too much. Change a lock in 60 seconds? I can't change a lock in 60 There's not many things I can do in 60 seconds, but in... Uh, little more than that time. What I can do is tell you about some of the fine advertisers that help make this show happen, tell you about their services, their products. I'm going to go ahead, hear from them. Please do use those promo codes. It helps the show. And uh, we'll be back with more phone call right after this. For almost 20 years, Honest Tea has committed to being transparent and authentic through its organic and fair trade certified bottled teas and kids juice drinks. They produce a refreshingly honest product, both with what's in their bottle and in their outlook. Just take a sip taste the honest difference. I myself currently holding it in my hand. This is no joke. Drinking an organic half tea, half lemonade from Honest Tea. It is delicious. I feel really great about it. I'm joining Honest Tea in celebrating the lighthearted ways we're less than perfect through the refreshingly honest product. What is hashtag refreshingly honest? Sharing your truth, okay? In exchange for the aha moment when we realize through a shared laugh, a like, or a sigh of relief. Everybody is like us. Everybody's imperfect. I'm a big believer in this philosophy. Nobody's perfect. Who cares? We all are what we are. This is something that honesty really believes in. Isn't that refreshingly honest? Like me. Like you guys have heard about me cooking on the show. You guys have heard me talking about these meals with my wife. Guess what? Every time my wife cooks, it looks beautiful. When I cook, sometimes it looks like a big mess, but it tastes good. And uh, we enjoy it together. The dishes that taste the best are the ones that generally aren't the ones that are social media worthy for me. I'm imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. Hashtag refreshingly honest. Are you refreshingly honest? Share the fun and funny ways you're less than perfect on social media. Use the hashtag refreshingly honest. And if you want more honesty, you can learn more by visiting honesttea.com slash podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Thumbtack 
Thumbtack makes it easy to find and hire skilled local professionals for anything on your list. From home improvement projects to event planning to personal wellness, Thumbtack connects you with professionals offering more than 1,100 different services nationwide. Simply tell Thumbtack a little bit about your project, then within 24 hours, you'll have up to five estimates from local pros that match your criteria. Check out their prices and reviews. Chat with them directly if you need more information. Pretty much anyone you need to hire is on Thumbtack. Carpet cleaners, personal trainers, photographers, piano teachers, whatever you want. Help you find pros in over 1,000 different categories in all 50 states. Thumbtack, it's very cool. I, I tell you, I've been through this. I, I just went through a whole thing renovating my house. I needed contractors. My wife, my wife right now taking piano lessons, brushing up, getting ready for our, our TV show. There's all these things. It's always hard to find. You're going to all these different sites to find them. No, 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 no. You put them in one place. You use this site that organizes them for you. No matter the project, you'll find the help you need on Thumbtack. Thumbtack makes it easy to find pros for pretty much anything you need done. Download the app or try it now at Thumbtack.com. That is Thumbtack.com. Thank you so much to all the sponsors who helped me bring you this show for free. Please do use their services. Use those promo codes. Helps Beautiful Anonymous out when you do. And now let's get back to the phone call. You need to get out tools. No, this is the kind of person he was. Getting out tools and stuff. He had, yes. He was a con man, and that's already giving away too much, but he had, <laughs> like, spare locks and wiretapping equipment and Whoa. all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a glimpse in into the crazy that was that marriage. And he was so paranoid. He changed all the locks and wouldn't let me in the house, like, just within a, in less than a minute. And my dad said, if you don't open this door, I'm going to call the cops, which is the last thing that he wanted because he was being, he was, the cops wanted him. If they would have found him, it would have been bad. So he's a fugitive, from a fugitive from the law. You see, opera companies don't <laughs> do background checks on their singers. They have no idea if they have all this shit in their past or that they're this kind of person legally. They just, they don't do it, which is crazy, but there's that. So that's a glimpse into his crazy. And, and then the thing was he, I, since I got myself into that situation, I thought I'm going to get myself out of this. I don't want anybody's help. So I didn't hire a lawyer to do the divorce. I, (laughs) I downloaded divorce papers online for 200 bucks. And I filled out every single form and sent them to him. And this is over the process of a few months. I mean, that that whole leaving him being done with that, it completely broke me. He broke me. I was just a fucking mess. And I was 24 at that point, barely 24. And I sent him the divorce papers and he refused to sign them. He thought I was going to go back to him. And the kicker was... He and I both had contracts to sing together at an opera company the following summer. And that was already in the books. And I kept going back and forth of if I should back out, but no, this is a wonderful opportunity with a wonderful company that I loved. And I didn't want to give that up just because he was going to be there. So months later, still haven't signed the papers and we are, <clears throat> sequestered together. You did it? In this company. 
Yeah, I did it. Oh, you I love trouble. You love trouble. <laughs> you love trouble. I'm not trouble. one to run away from anything. Oh. Arguably, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> when you were 24, at the very <laughs> least, you loved trouble. I, I still have a weakness for it, which comes... Oh, that's other stories. Anyway, so this... That whole summer, I, I sang with him, and it was volatile. He actually brought his new girlfriend up there with him, thinking it was going to make me jealous and want to come back to him. Yeah. So I got to be around her that whole summer, too. Never once spoke to her. I mean, it, it was a large group of people, so it wasn't like we were alone ever. But that was incredibly difficult, and some shit went down at the end of the summer. And I, I don't want to give too much of his dirty shit, but cause it, it really is so specific to who he is, and I don't want him to be found out. But he, um, he got arrested at the end of the summer, and it was big drama. Everybody. All my colleagues found out all of these secrets that I had been keeping for him. And it was a huge relief. I didn't have to hide any of it anymore. And he was basically blacklisted from every company here and wow. ended up leaving the country or having to leave the country wow. or choosing to leave the country, I guess. I'm just going to ask And he you finally signed those papers like a few months oh, later good. after a year that's he signed good. the divorce papers that's good i will also say to yep. you there is a lot of information out here and and here's what i'm going to say if you're listening just be cool and stay off of google let it be anonymous that's the whole deal yes. and if you gotta if you gotta be curious don't go tweeting at me about it I don't need. I, I keep it anonymous. Please, it real. I, you know what i think you drove those 10 <laughs> hours with your parents to get back to your house to divorce them or to tell him you were leaving? Yeah. That also means you had to drive home 10 hours after that, huh? Yes. That ride home is the most awkward <laughs> I, 10 hours of everybody's life, huh? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I was so in a daze and just completely emotionally spent that I slept the whole time. I just laid in the back of the truck. There, the, I mean, it was like not the bed of the truck, but in the bed. <laughs> I laid in the back and just slept for 10 hours and my parents here's were what, supportive and quiet. And here's my vision of that trip. Is like, it's like Here's my vision of the trip. It's like silent for the first two and a half hours. And then all of a sudden your mom's <laughs> like, that got weird. And then your dad's like, yeah, why'd you do any of that? Why'd you marry that guy? Your mom's like, it's like two and a half hours of silence. And your mom's like, how did he change the lock so fast? And then your dad's like, yeah. Why would you ever get involved with that guy? And then it's just like six more hours of silence. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. That's, <laughs> that's pretty dead on, I think. That's cool. So I so again, I want people to stay off the Google, but you say there's press, there's articles about you. You're 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 a person of some renown, huh? Oh, I don't want to say that. No. I'm still I'm I'm still at the bottom of the totem pole, but I mean, I've had some successes. That's cool. That I'm very proud of. And you said you can't. You come yeah. up to New York for work stuff, huh? Yep, I'm actually moving up there in or a little after Christmas. Oh, that's nice. To really uh, catapult some stuff. That's in. That's cool. 
I got a neighbor who is an opera singer yeah. or an aspiring opera singer. Never, never met the person. Can't say that that's for certain. <laughs> Can say they practice at home. Can say that. <laughs> yep. That's always one of our biggest fears living in a big city is noise. Oh, yeah. People complaining about the noise. Having neighbors like me. Don't realize who, I can only hear it from my bathroom, which is a place where I personally appreciate some peace and quiet. <laughs> the, the, force, yep, the, forceful baritone, the, the forceful baritone uh, sty- stylings of someone. Uh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> well, people don't realize that we have to pay for rehearsal spaces. Like in, when you're in a big city... If you're, I mean, I, I'm lucky that any, I can go to my school that I graduated from and use the facilities for free. But like in New York, anytime you want to rehearse or work on music, you got to pay for it. You either got to pay for it or uh, bother, yeah. bother my building in Jackson Heights, Queens. If anybody out there is listening who knows an opera singer in Jackson Heights, Queens, please tell him I personally asked him <laughs> to chill out. Chill out. <laughs> Look, you know what? That, I love it. You and I were in Central Park less than 24. We could have passed. We could have passed by each other in Central Park, never even known it. We totally could have because I, I walked that entire park. I, my pedometer said 10 miles. Is what Ooh, I walked that's on nice. Monday. Yeah, I was there yesterday yeah. for a couple hours. That's cool. Come up for Very work cool. stuff. Married, yeah. a, married a criminal when you were a child. So, okay, that's good. Oh, my God. Folks, help. We're only halfway done. Got, we're already halfway done. We're only halfway done. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I have a lot of vulnerable things. I know as a listener, when I, when I listen to your show, I love it when callers get vulnerable because that's when we, when you can connect with somebody. I mean, there've been moments when you've talked to some callers and they've just disclosed struggles that they've had and personal issues. And I don't care what their job is as a human being. I, I love feeling connected to them and like I know that pain I know what they're going through I can sympathize so and it's hard for me to get vulnerable with some of the pain in my past but I know that's I mean that's the heart of when we connect with other human beings so I'm willing to go there it's just there's a lot of ugly stuff spoken like a true artist and hey you know me I'm all ears (laughs) whatever you want to say yeah. I'm here. Whatever you don't want to say, I'll also just be here existing. So that's what I got to offer. But you don't have to force it. But if you like the vulnerability, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. I can't imagine, being that you just shared that you were effectively a child bride to an abusive criminal, I can't imagine what you're <laughs> oh like. Yeah, but I, you know, I want to hold back on the real stuff. <laughs> well, I. I dealt with that part. I I don't have any emotional connection to that part of my past, but there mm-hmm. are some things that I still, that are, they're so vulnerable. But I mean, that part of what I do is being able to get vulnerable on stage and give something to the audience, mm-hmm. to people listening and make them feel something. Right. So I very much want to do that even though it's hard 
I, it's rewarding and cathartic. And I mean, I just connecting with anybody. That's what we all want. Just a human connection. Every so, minute of every day is, I guess I feel like every minute of every day for me is simultaneously craving human connection while doing anything to avoid human contact. That's like, yes. I want oh human connection God. and I fear human contact, especially as a New Yorker. New Yorker, my whole training, <laughs> everything that you're, you're trained to do as a New Yorker just by the daily rhythms of life is if you are in a subway and anything remotely abnormal happens is to just <laughs> tighten up and try to get out of there ASAP. That's it. <laughs> oh That's being God. a New Yorker. Avoid all human connection <laughs> or contact and just pray you connect with another human being. Okay, anyway, you were saying, go for it. Well, um, yeah. So, if I if I can get vulnerable and connect and connect with anybody listening, then then it's worth it. It's that's what I want to do. So, this is a doozy. This is a big one. Okay. Doozy. I love a doozy. Just warning you. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. You've so, heard some of the things people have told me on this <laughs> show. Okay. No, no, I know you. You like the doozies. I'm braced for it. Okay, so a year, for a doozy. Year and a half ago, I started dating this guy. A year and a half ago, and he was completely different from anybody I had ever been with. He was not a musician because I was in the middle of taking some time off. I got a little burnout. I needed to just make sure I was in a place where I was not defined by my talent that I being an opera singer was not who I was but what I did so I was in this quest to make sure I was a fully rounded person alone and that I didn't need to source my happiness from gigs and what what I did on stage so I met this guy so different covered in tattoos bald piercings he was a recovering heroin addict, but he was so incredibly intelligent and creative. And I felt pretty hard for him. And I've had a lot of relationships in my life. Um, I can't say that I've been madly, passionately in love, but I've had all different kinds of love. And this guy was something special. And I really fell for him. At the same time, uh, Around Christ right before Christmas, my mom confirmed something. I'll get into the details of this, but my mom confirmed something to me that happened in my childhood that I wasn't sure of. And I was fucking reeling from this information. I didn't know what to do with it. So this relationship is going along. I'm completely invested. And literally overnight, he wakes up one morning and like had a psychotic break and said, I don't know what love is. I don't love you. I don't know if I ever loved you. I can't be in this relationship. Just, he was a completely different person, woke up that way. And I don't have exact confirmation, but I mean, it very much was like a schizophrenic, psychotic kind of break thing that he had. Cause he was, it was just in pure insanity, how he went from one person on a Friday night to Saturday morning 
completely lost his mind. So that relationship ended very abruptly and it was devastating, horribly traumatic because I loved him very much. And I was also dealing with my mom confirmed to me that I had been molested as a child and I had never had any kind of visual memory. I had emotional memories and I didn't know what they were, but anytime I, like I've gone to therapy for most of my adult life and every time my a different, different therapist to say, were you molested as a child? And I'd say, no, absolutely not. I have no memory of that, but they always would ask that based, I guess, off of, how I've processed certain things in my life and reacted to certain things. So when my mom said that, I was just floored. It's like, what? I, I was? She's like, yeah, you don't remember? And I said, absolutely not. I, have, I never went to therapy. Y'all never put me in therapy. And my parents are, I love them. And they have done the best they could with what they knew how as far as raising me and my siblings. But they are very close-minded, conservative small town and don't support any kind of therapy. I mean, they, they do now, but at the time, any kind of mental health issues were solved by praying it away. And they just didn't put me in therapy when I was a kid over it. I mean, I was a toddler through like age six when it happened and I started really kind of paying attention to these emotional memories that I had, trying to figure it out. And then I started having actual visual memories of what happened. And it was enraging. I've never been so full of rage in my entire life. I just thought, what the fuck? What am I supposed to do with this now? How do I process this information? It makes so much sense as far as certain things that have happened in my life. And how I've reacted to them, um, it just it made a lot of sense, and I was just incredibly angry, and I didn't know how to deal with it. And on top of that breakup happening, I found myself in a moment of very calmly and methodically planning to kill myself. And I thought I have no hope. I there's no reason for me to exist right now. I mean, I. I don't see any hope in the future. I had lost a lot of friends through my self-discovery over the past year. I had weeded out a lot of negative energy and I just, I wanted to fill my life with things that enhanced it and not, not things that were just purely to do with my career or shallow friendships. I wanted meaningful things. So I had, kind of weeded out a lot of things in my life and I found myself in a moment of being starkly alone and dealing with this twisted ugly thing that has happened and losing someone I had loved I and I was in a place of not working because I had taken off time and I was finding it hard to get the motivation and the passion back so I really had it all planned out of wanting to kill myself. And I've only told this to maybe a couple of people, my closest friends. And I remember being in that place and I've been in some rock bottoms before in my life. 
and that, that marriage that completely broke me. And I remember feeling that, just that feeling of utter despair, no hope. And somehow I, I worked my way out of it. And I thought, I've had the strength before. I know I'm capable of it, even though I absolutely see no reason to live right now. I know I've been strong enough before, and I've worked my way out of some really horrible things emotionally. So maybe I can do it this time. So I took it literally like one hour at a time. I I didn't eat or sleep or leave the house for a solid week, but... I, I kind of took it an hour at a time and then a day at a time and found myself in a place where it wasn't enticing anymore, this outlet of trying to kill myself or wanting to kill myself. And I thought, I can do this. I can work out of this. And I know eventually hope will be there, even though it's not there now. But I've been here before and I know, even though I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I know it'll be there. It was just kind of a blind faith. And I eventually worked my way out of it. And that was incredible to think back on now, knowing how low I got. But I never thought I would ever be in a a place of very calmly considering suicide. It was just mind-blowing how easy that option became. And I never, I've always had a lot of empathy and compassion for anyone with mental illness or dealing with thoughts of suicide. Even though I didn't understand it, I was very compassionate, but actually being in that place, it's just, it still blows my mind of how easy it was to slip into that and how absolute it felt. I don't know how I worked out of it, but I did. Are you still there? I feel like I've been talking forever. Well, we can no longer call this episode kooky opera singer. Oh, my God. (laughs) I guess we're going to have to come up with a new title because I thought this one was going to be called kooky opera singer. (laughs) And we're not calling it that anymore. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry all those things happened to you. That's brutal. I'm sorry. Let's everybody take a step back process what's happening and in the meantime what i'm gonna do a great way to take a break you know this show does come to you for free i think a lot of people enjoy that that's because of capitalism advertising so we do have to uh give some ads and and the ads have promo codes it really helps the show when you use those so check these things out we'll be right back with more phone call right after that i promise Today's show is brought to you by Away. Away offers a high-quality luggage that's designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel. It's available in nine colors, four sizes, including carry-on sizes that are compliant with all major U.S. airlines. The Away suitcase, it's lightweight, unrivaled in strength, and impact resistance, not to mention features a TSA-approved combo lock Four 360-degree spinner wheels and a patent-pending compression system to help overpackers. Better yet... Both sizes of the carry-on. Listen up. This is incredible. This blew my mind when I saw it. You can charge anything. It's powered by a USB cord. You charge this suitcase. It can recharge your iPad, iPhone five times. Recharge your iPhone five times by plugging it into your suitcase. That blew my mind. It was incredible. And also, guess what? Lifetime warranty. 
If anything breaks, they'll fix it or replace it for you for life. That is incredible. I got one of these suitcases and it shows up. It's in this nice cloth sack. I take it out. I'm like, whoa, this thing looks cool. I open it up on the inside. I'm like, man, it, it has all a whole series of systems set up to hold your clothes. Being a stand-up comedian mostly means killing time at layovers. When I realized this thing had multiple USB chargers, when I realized that this thing was built in a way, it has a compartment, has a pull-out bag for your dirty clothes. I mean, they have thought of everything. It's cool. It's just cool, okay? You can try out Away for 100 days. You vibe with it, travel with it, Instagram it. If at any point you decide it's not for you, you return it for a full refund. Shipping's free within the lower 48 states. If you want $20 off a suitcase, you visit awaytravel.com slash stories. Use promo code stories during checkout. That's 20 bucks off. Awaytravel.com slash stories. Promo code stories. 20 bucks off your Away suitcase. Just wanted to remind you, we have not plugged this in a while. If you have a story, you feel like it's not being told, you feel like you're not being represented in some way, where you come from, what experiences you've had, who you are, you can always drop us a voicemail. Let me know what that story is. 802-392-3288. Call up, leave a voicemail. Just briefly explain who you are, what your story is. And uh, we got people who go through those. And we try to represent a diverse show full of lots of different stories and and paths that have been walked. So please do. You feel like you're not hearing something that sounds like your story out there? Let us know about it. We're going to do our best to make sure everybody is represented on this show. Thank you again to all of our advertisers. Let's go ahead and finish off this phone call. I guess we're going to have to come up with a new title because I thought this one was going to be called Kooky Opera Singer. And we're not calling it that anymore. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry all those <laughs> things happened to you. That's brutal. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's... I have a lot no, of problem with, kid, with childhood stuff and kids stuff. That's obviously, I think, for many of us, that's a really brutal thing to hear. And I'm so sorry. And uh, I'm so glad you did push through all those feelings and hang on. And I've been there. I'm on record like it was saying that. And uh, I'm so happy yeah. that you... I'm happy you found your way out of that. <laughs> Yeah, I am too. I mean, I'm at a point now where I can I can talk about it and not shake uncontrollably. It's just something in my past. I dealt with it. Yeah, and are you but are you seeing a you seeing still, a professional? No, I haven't been. I haven't seen a therapist in probably three years or so. But I mean, I have the tools and the the emotional tools and the self awareness where. That's I'm good. pretty resilient. That's very good to hear. <clears throat> That's very good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bummed out. I'm thrown by that. I'm sorry. Do you think I would? Ima- <laughs> I would have to imagine looking back on that. I would have to imagine there's some element of like you getting married to this this guy is not purely about your craving of adventure and whimsy. I would have to imagine there's some issues that mm-hmm. got tied up from a young age that that helped lead to that too. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean it. There were some other things in my teenagehood. Like, I mean, this this isn't a big thing at all. I lost my virginity by being raped, and it was because well, I that was is a big thing in that moment. It's it is it's a big thing, but I mean, it was 13 years ago, and I've absolutely dealt with it since then. But in that moment, I remember just being in headlights, completely frozen, had no idea how to react to the whole situation and I just I went into this place in my head of completely escaping and there were moments like that that 
completely makes sense now because that's what I did as a child. I mean, I know it's heavy shit, but it's, it's, it's what happened and I've dealt with it and it's hard to hear, but when I've heard other people talk about things like this, it helped me to realize that I wasn't alone and I wasn't the only one that had experienced something like that. And there was some solidarity and hearing somebody else talk about it that had gone through it and dealt with it. And I'm not confined by these moments of pain in my past. You know, I kind of always hate it when people have said, God never gives you more than you can handle. I've always thought that was bullshit because these moments in my life were absolutely more than I could handle at that moment. But because of that, I became more than I was. I was giving more, given more than I could handle. And because of it, I became a person stronger than I was before, more than I was before. And I'm incredibly grateful for who I am now. I have a lot of self-love, self-respect. I really like my perspective on life, how I process the world around me. But it it was hard-earned, and I appreciate everything I've experienced to put me to who I am now. So this tough shit that I'm talking about that's hard to hear sometimes, I... I own it. I mean, it's part of who I am and yeah, it's rough, but talking about it and hearing other people talk about it is, is was a big factor in me overcoming some stuff. I think that's really beautiful. And I think hearing, hearing how, you know, how strong you are and how you're able to just lay this all out is very inspiring. I do feel, I feel like if, you know, again, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know your name. We've been talking for 46 minutes. I don't, who knows? I will <laughs> say, I, I know, I feel like you could sit down with a shrink and go, you know, I'm a professional in the world of opera. It's highly competitive, high pressure situation. And a shrink would be like, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. And then you're, if you're like, yeah. And also I was, <laughs> I was in love with a recovering drug addict. He had a psychotic break and, and that love ended abruptly. They'd be like, wow, okay really throwing some fuel in the fire. And then you're like, and also, when I was 20, I married a man for three years. He wound up being a con man criminal who basically uh, held me emotionally captive. They'd be like, hey, we might want to pump the brakes. And then if you're like, also, uh, <laughs> also, I was lost my virginity via rape and was molested as a child. They'd be like, all right, well, this is why I got my doctorate. Like this is, oh I just can't, I just want to say, and I'm saying that not to judge. I'm glad you're laughing about it. I'm saying it I know. so very sincerely to say that um, listening to you, you sound so strong. And, and, and I agree with you totally that I, I think one of the most damaging things about so many, so many issues is that we don't feel this freedom to talk about them. And hearing you say talking about them makes me feel better. Hearing other people, that is an empowering thing. That is a thing that chases away so yeah. much trauma and stigma, and that's beautiful. But I also – I would be remiss if I didn't just say for anybody who's listening, also know you don't have to be that strong and that anybody who's out there maybe being triggered by some stuff, if they're hearing this, is that there's a lot of yeah. people willing to step up and listen and help who are trained to do so and that there's no uh, there's no shame or harm in seeking out those people. If you're if – you're, just if you're listening and you haven't landed where our – our our very resilient caller has landed. I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
definitely triggers. I'd never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a lot of triggers, a lot of triggers in your story, which is so sad, so sad. You're legit doing okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm in a really good place in my life. I'm incredibly happy, and I'm getting back. I mean, after taking a break from singing for almost a year, I got back into it several months ago, and... It's been wonderful. There's been some really cool changes on the horizon. And I'm making a real go of it. Making a real and at the same time, yeah. That's cool. And this is important to me. I'm finally doing it because I love it and not because it is my only source of happiness or defines me. I'm so much more than just an opera singer. I've got so much more to give as a human being and a person. It's just something that I love and that I do and that is my career. But I'm doing it now for from a very different perspective. So I've like gone to different kinds. I went to my first rock show. I'd never been to like a concert that wasn't never. classical. Wow. That, Who'd you go crazy? see? Who'd you see? I... I was dating a drummer at the time and it was just like a bunch of local people in my city or local bands in my city. Mm-hmm. But I love like bluegrass and kind of blues rock, like Stevie Ray. And it was a lot of that kind of stuff and being around other kinds of artists. It was really cool. I, it, it was important for me to get out of this classical music bubble and expand my social skills. Cause I mean, I am an introverted person, but not shy. I just, I think you've mentioned this kind of thing before. Like I'm fueled by my alone time and the life is sucked out of me with a lot of social interaction, <laughs> but I was able to like stretch my wings and cool. test my limits and get to know different sides of myself by being around all these different types of people. And do you find that with your own art that's that's making it more joyous or or affecting it in any way? So, like when that being that you're able to sort of let go of your art as this necessity, uh, and you're rounding out the other aspects yeah. of your life when you go back to your art. Does that just change the approach, change the effects of it on your life? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of freedom that wasn't there before that I feel. Maybe a lack or just inhibitions cast completely aside. That's a great feeling. Pretty cool. How? Let me ask yeah. you, what is, like, as far as opera singing goes, is that the style of writing or is that the style of singing? You know, is opera, is opera the... the the music written on the page or is it the style you sing with or is it some combination of arguably both? it's the style uh-huh. i mean you can sing you can sing anything in an operatic style what's and the operatic there are what are the musicals. very basics what do, what can you tell me? we have 7 <laughs> minutes left what can you tell me about the basics of operatic oh. style if it's breathing techniques whatever it is that can achieve allow me to sing one opera note. Every, I think everybody saw this coming when you mentioned you're an opera singer. <laughs> but what is it? Is it a breathing technique? Do I need to stand up? I'm standing. I'm going to stand up. I'm standing up out of my chair. I'm adjusting the microphone. So Okay, I'm standing. Okay, I'm, I'm standing. I'm standing with you. So uh-huh. 
an opera singer, it's incredibly physical. People don't realize yeah. how physical it is. Yeah. Like when we sing, we are trained to project. So yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. sound, but you want to create it healthily. So your uh-huh. larynx has to be low. Your throat has to be very relaxed and open. Uh-huh. And Adulting. the breath is everything. Breath. Breath, breath controls the breath is everything. Okay. The, the volume and the vibrato. Vibrato is is big for opera. Hey, you don't got to tell me and twice. And your diaphragm. Uh-huh. Vibrato, diaphragm. Uh-huh. I'm flexing. All the guys in the booth are looking at me. I'm standing. I'm flexing. Getting my diaphragm tight. Deep breaths. So the the most seasoned of opera singers, they mm-hmm. they have this technique. We. Uh, when you sing, your rib cage is expanded. So, like when you take a huge breath, you fill from the bottom of your lungs up, and you leave your lungs expanded. Uh-huh. Like even when you exhale, your ribs are extended, and that it, you have to use so much of your core. Like your abs it. have got to be beast mode. Beast mode abs, yeah. <laughs> no, well, people have referred to my abs as beast mode before. <laughs> Okay. And what do I do? You just want me to let new, loose here? A new Google search. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You just, okay. you take a breath and you, you sing uh-huh. full voice, uh-huh. vibrato. I'm going to step back from the mic a little feel bit. It like... So blow it out. Okay. So I'm trying to breathe. <gasps> Deep breath from the bottom of the lungs. Leave the rib cage open. And then, <sighs> yes. how was that? Felt pretty that good. was marvelous. That was so good. Thank you so much. I felt pretty good about it. Felt pretty great about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I might have some chops. I love that. I might. You tell a joke now. Now awesome. you tell a joke. You do what I do now. <laughs> <laughs> you do a joke. Some, oh my god! Some crowd work into a smooth setup oh, and t- knock down that punchline. I'm terrible with jokes. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm doing oh, what you do. So you do bad. what I do now. You gotta. That's <laughs> the worst thing about being a comedian <laughs> is when people are like, "Oh yeah, you're a comedian. Say something funny." That's the worst thing in the world. So exactly. to, to turn that back around on you, not fair. Not fair. <laughs> yeah, as opera catch. singers, we have the same thing. When we tell people we're an opera singer, they're like, oh, can you sing us something? Yeah. The same kind of thing. It drives us nuts. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's good to sing. You never know who's listening. But Hey, you got to make moves. Yep. you got to network in this world. Who knows? But not everybody can just out of nowhere go, uh-huh. <gasps> That's pretty good. Not as good as the first one. That wasn't as good as the first one. That's okay. That's okay. That's fine. We're both artists. We're both artists here. We connect on that level. That's fine. Yes. I feel like I've done way too much talking. Well, it is, and it is a podcast a that's of... based around the idea of uh, conversation, so I wouldn't say that. Yeah. You had a lot to it's say. It's gone by so fast. I yeah. I can't believe how fast it went by. Got under four minutes left. You had a lot to say and a lot of stuff that's very hard to process and that I'm so sorry about. But I can say so genuinely nice to hear, to hear you say that you're doing well and that you're strong. You got through it. You talk about it openly to empower yourself. It's cool. Yeah. And your your podcast is a huge thing for me because it, it celebrates this idea of just opening up and talking and the human connection. I mean, you're a beautiful anonymous is my favorite podcast. Absolutely. Thanks. I, because I'm, Take I'm that Hollywood handbook. I don't <laughs> take that Hollywood handbook. 
That's so nice of you to I say. I get a lot of my social stuff from this. Like I, I being able to connect with the callers and I love hearing people's stories. That's very nice. So it was We're all about awesome. here at Beautiful Anonymous. We're all about the human connection and also sometimes poop stories. Also that one time <laughs> just really graphic poop stories. Oh my gosh. That was not one of my favorites, but I still enjoyed that one. <laughs> I get that a lot. I hear that a lot about that episode. I hope that guy giggles every time he sees a comment or hears a comment like that. Yes. Yeah. So wait, you're, you're, you said you're moving no, to New I'm, York in December. Yes, I am. I'm making the big move. It's cool. Maybe I'll... Uh, I'm super excited. I've never been to an opera. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll go to some. Who knows? I'll be checking you out. I'll never yeah. know. I'll never know. We got good opera here in New York, right? Oh, and oh my God, yes, the Metropolitan Opera, all these little companies around the boroughs. Oh, there's like Brooklyn Opera. There's like hipster opera. Yeah. Oh my God, like street opera, opera in the park in Central Park. Really? Is that why you were walking around Central Park? Was it a dude? You look scoping out the opera in the park. No, it was for, that was another long story that would take up another hour that I just did not even go into. We got a minute and a half. You want to give me the bullet points of the story we'll never know? <laughs> no. Well, it's something that is, it makes me incredibly happy. And it is a very nice surprise going on in my life right now. And... That day walking around Central Park was probably my favorite day that I have had in my entire adult life because of who it was spent with and how we spent the day and the connection we made between each other or deepened between each other. It was pretty beautiful. That is beautiful, but it was also (laughs) the worst tease in the history of the show. I feel teased. I feel manipulated. I feel. No, that's awesome. That's beautiful. You got a fling. You got a spring fling happening in New York City, like a Woody Allen movie, like a, oh, probably the worst example I could have brought up in light of so many of the things we're talking about. I'm very, very sorry about that. What a horrific example to use. I'm so sorry. 10 seconds left of all the fucking examples. That was not meant to be a joke. That's my bad. Sincerely, my, I should have said like a, a rom com right now. Yeah, John Cusack movie would have been a lot better. <laughs> oh God, I'm so yes. sorry. Yes, John Cusack. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. This has been awesome. I don't know how to feel right now. At the end of that phone call, I feel like we connected. I feel like we had uh, some light talk. We had some laughs, and then also some dark times. I've been through a gamut of emotions. I'm sure you have too. And we all got to step away, process those as we see fit. Thank you for coming on that roller coaster ride with me. I also want to uh, thank the Reverend John DeLore and Greta Cohn who helped build this show in the early days. I want to thank Jared O'Connell, Harry Nelson in the booth. Thank you to Shell Shag for the intro music and all the music in our show. Shell Shag are a great artist. Check them out. If you want to know more about me when I'm going out on the road, go to chrisgeth.com. Remember, uh, we got. Anytime I'm touring this show, you'll see those dates up there. So do check it out. And if you enjoy Beautiful Anonymous, Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. It really does help so much. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.
once again, want to let you guys know, Redbox, it's out there. School's out for the summer. You're looking for ways to keep yourself entertained, keep the family entertained. Redbox has the video games to keep you entertained. Over 40,000 locations nationwide. You can rent, return anywhere, and you'll get a free one-night game rental from Redbox when you use the promo code STORIES3 with the number STORIES and then the number 3. You swing by a box in your neighborhood, or you want to make sure the game you want's there when you arrive? Reserve it online, redbox.com games. This offer is valid through July 25th, 2017. Subject to additional terms. Charges apply for additional nights. Payment card required. But look, getting into video games, it has never been so easy. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, we hear a, uh, a call from a parent going through something nobody ever wants to go through, calling us from the waiting room of a hospital. If there's any small silver lining, it must be nice that you get to see good-hearted people at their best. Absolutely. I mean, I can fill the entire hour with story after story of wave people. I won't, but... But I could. I mean, that's how amazing. And it's so nice with all the awful stuff that we see in here. I Daily, I get to see someone reach out to a total stranger. In fact, I have to tell you, my daughter, the very first week we were in the hospital, this was still eight-year-old, had this big list on the whiteboard of all the things that she had to go through that week. People had written notes, you know, get better, just little cute notes on it. And then she wrote, I don't even know when she did it, but I looked over at one point and she'd written, love is everywhere on the board and that's just become our mantra and helped us that's next time on beautiful anonymous hi i'm matt gorley and on my show i was there too i interview actors who are on set for some of the greatest films ever made you'll hear stories from the sets of star wars there is a great disturbance in the force the Shawshank Redemption. It was singly the worst audition I ever gave. And Back to the Future. This isn't just a bullet cafe. Mm-hmm. Something bad is happening. Subscribe to I Was There Too on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hold up. 